Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, and I'm your party host. So grab, grab your bourbon, your beer, or your brew. Half a sugar and I'm just the way you like it. And settle in while we try and dodge the dodgy internet and all of the, the, the random stuff going on today. I am joined by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How you doing, T? That was such a smooth intro, Jay. I'm, I'm, I'm not used to that. I'm really shocked. <laughs> I've been practicing. Everything. I know, I've been practicing. After after the, the number of takes we had to do last week. <laughs> um, I wasn't ready the, to say anything yet. I thought we'd have a few. absolute patchwork of <laughs> last week's, well, entire show, to be honest, but intro. Yeah, I think same. a round of applause, JJ. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that obviously is the sarcastic applause of our Mr. Fantastic, our flexible friend, the pyjama prince that was promised. Hey, Dimby. Howdy, cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So that works out really well. And that howdy does go out to our listeners, wherever you may be from Himmel Hempstead to Dublin to Oregon. To the wild, wild west. Uh, thank you for continuing to rate, to review, subscribe and share and helping us share this conversation as it goes on. And as always, at Geeking in Pod is the place to get involved in the conversation, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and you can kind of see some of the stuff we're talking about and uh, just tell us about some of the stuff you're watching. Whilst you are there, um, you can check out our Linktree link that takes you to everywhere we are, including our Teespring store store that has the mugs the masks and the t-shirts and the t-shirts yeah i was doing so well and then we got to t-shirts <laughs> t-shirts oh, um, available but the t-shirts are available in uh, a number of colors uh you can have them in the very bright colors um or you can have them in the very dark colors but <laughs> are they too dark like potentially the Batman is. Um, stories this week that Warner Brothers are worried about the tone that the Batman is taking. Um, so uh, one of the reports that had come out recently suggests that Matt Reeves' The Batman, which is due out this uh, October. I oh, know, is it this October? You got pushed back to? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Um, uh, this is going to be the darkest Batman film yet, darker than uh, the, the Schneiderverse version, and uh, also darker than The Dark Knight. Um, the, the, the darkest night? <laughs> um, and this is this plus stories about this being a very brutal and violent film has led to Warner Brothers having concerns allegedly, um, about uh, this take, um, especially worried about the, the, the mental health issues that Bruce will be going through in what is, in essence, a Batman Earth One, uh, Year One style story. Um, it's going to be hard to tell, um, 
Oh, March 22. March 2022. So we're still a while away from this. It's going to be hard to tell um, whether this is uh, accurate. It's hard to try to kind of get your head around the fact that this is something of concern after the critical and financial success of Joker, which was all about mental health. Mm. Um, but these are the reports coming through. So, B, does it worry you that the Batman uh, might be too dark for Warner Brothers? I sincerely hope they just leave it the fuck alone. You know, the darker the better. Batman, for me, is the Dark Knight. And literally, if they're trying to mess around with it, they're just going to screw this whole thing up. You know, when they released that first trailer... Uh, during Fandom. Fandom. Uh, there was more of an echo last time, but never mind. Uh, it We've not had to do it for a year. <laughs> it looked absolutely awesome. It, You know, I was blown away by it, and I'm sure you guys were. You know, the fan reactions on YouTube, which there were countless literally i didn't see one single reaction which was negative so based on that why are they now looking at the bigger picture and thinking oh, is it too dark really uh, you know the, the way dc have have performed recently uh, i'm i'm really hoping this is going to save dc because i don't think they can take another um Another 1984. I really don't because it will be the end of DC. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I think they probably can because you know they 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 just kind of are a license to print IP at the moment, aren't they? Especially with HBO Max kind of signing everything up and everyone up. But it's interesting that um, there is a real fear about this. Um, and you know the, the the you know I I don't think anyone's really ever um, thought that uh, Bruce Wayne was an incredibly well person when it comes to his 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 mental health. Um, you know, there's there's probably healthier ways to deal with grief and trauma. Mm. Um, yeah. and that's kind of a critical part of of Year One. We saw it in Batman Begins. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's not new ground to make up, uh, feeling about the fact that the Snyderverse could be the fun loving Batman of, uh, <laughs> yeah. El Cinema. Um, yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack from this. I mean, Warner seems to, are they actively wanting, I mean, ugh. Studio interference is interesting, right? Because sometimes it really is needed. And Matt Reeves is a little bit of an unknown quantity, I think. In um, you know, it, it was the Planet of the Apes films. It was Cloverfield. I can't think I've seen anything else that he's done. Um, so he's not coming off the back of a series of there's a guy who really knows what he's doing. That's not to say you know I don't have faith in him. I, I think it's interesting when you get unusual directors to make superhero films. Um, 
the complaint about, oh, I think it's too dark, that almost feels like it's a fake thing. So fans go, no, no, we want it dark. And then it's released and it's quite dark. And, you know, uh, I wonder if Warner is playing some kind of game, like like the whole sort of Snyder Cut stuff. Um, I think we are, I think the superhero genre, we've talked about this before, but the genre has to evolve, right? Um, and we've evolved the genre has evolved to a point where we acknowledge um, mental health issues, especially those of our heroes. So we've seen, you know, uh, Bucky and Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier. We've seen uh, Wonder Vision, the whole series around her and her uh, um, essentially massive mental Grief. breakdown. Yeah. Um, uh, and and as you say, with Joker, I mean, you know, Joker was a very pitiable character. You know, there was, if you came out of that film thinking, you know, Joker's the hero, the role model, whatever, then you really not understood the film, right? Uh, it's very, it, 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 the whole film, ha and I think we have to get to this point to be able to make a film like Joker. You couldn't have made Joker, you know, 10 years ago. It just wouldn't have worked. Um, but so could I you not have? Because didn't you make it in 1976 with Taxi Driver? <laughs> it couldn't have been Joker, you know? It would just be taxi driver, and I guess Joker kind of was taxi driver. But that's why you know that's why you could have. So, so it's like how you couldn't have made Logan um, until you made a whole bunch of the X Men films first. You know, you, you have to build up to this point, and I think we've definitely built up this point where we do recognise you know these issues with, with, with our superheroes. Um, so now is the ideal time for a Batman film where we acknowledge that Bruce Wayne is just fucking nuts. <laughs> Where instead of helping up the city in a sensible way, he dresses up like a bat and wastes all his money on his gadgets and lives out his fantasy of beating up criminals. You know. Um... So I guess the, the the thing for that is, you know, and, and you know, that's something we accept and we have accepted all the way through. And, you know, that's Gotham is, is you know, that that work all the way through. Um, I guess the, the the issue we're going to have on this is can you now today with a, a greater understanding of of mental health and trauma and stuff like that can you now tell that story without alfred being the bad guy the enabler because you know the he yeah exactly i mean it, i does he need vengeance or does he need a good therapist yeah i mean to be fair all superheroes could be classed like that. I mean, another word for having an alter ego, split personality. I mean, yes, no. I, I think things. I think Superman, Spider Man. It's about you know power and responsibility. You know, Spider Man can't inv invest in um, uh, charitable programs with his with his uh, spider sense. You know, yeah, what well, he can do is he... swing around and swap uh, stop yeah. bank robbers. Yeah, but ultimately he puts on a costume to protect it. those he loves. Yeah, but and also Spider Man in the MCU at the le at least is the exception because everyone else is public with their superheroism. Mm. Spider Man's the only one, and and you know from the end of Far From Home, and we'll see how it plays through in No Way Home, which was still begging for a trailer for um but that's that's you know the only one really in mcu that's had 
an alter ego. Everyone else is, you know, Marvel have, at least in the cinematic universe, moved away from that. Mm. You know, we don't have Dr. Donald Blake running around. We don't have, you know, Tony Stark pretending it's his um, uh, bodyguard. Um, mm. Everyone else is just open. You know, my name is Sam. I am Captain America. Yeah. Um, whereas DC still has, you know, the Martian Manhunters pretending to be Superman's mum, as well as other things. Um, uh, you know, his, his, his Clark, you know, his Bruce, his Diana. Um, it's all about people hiding in plain sight still. Um, so that's a real kind of variation between the two comics um, going forward at the moment. I mean, this is it's a standalone film. It's a move away from the Snyderverse. All of that is positive. It needs to happen. Um, I don't know if this is one genuinely interfering or this is just drumming up a bit of gossip. I don't know if if it is genuine interference, if it's because maybe Matt Reeves is struggling. I mean, um, I don't know if they are taking... if the mental health issues they're trying to address are sort of coming across trivialised. You know, or if it's just Warner being Warner... Uh, and just being, you know, a producer there, just being a dick because it's different producers, it's different, it's different parts of the studio who get involved. It's it's sometimes just one dickhead with an with an agenda. Um, it, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? It's like the the I forget the the person's name now, but the woman who counselled Firefly on Fox always gets blamed for it, um, and she's always there going, yeah, 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 but I'm also the one who approved it. I'm also the one who allowed it to come on TV in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. You either, is you either die a hero or you live long enough to be the villain. <laughs> mm. That's words to live by. But I, I, I'm with you, B. I think I, I'd like to see you know the director's own visions for the most part, um, and sometimes that can be awful, and you get the Snyder cut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's going to come through regardless. So let Matt Reeves make a film. If it's a decent film, let him make more films. If it's a real shite hole, if it's another Snyder cut, fine. Get the next director to take the property. I, I do disagree with the whole. This is the death, potentially the death of DC and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't think it works that way. I think I, I still think the DC heroes are the more iconic ones. Are the more have the no, more I, stories. I, I agree with that. I mean, they definitely are the more iconic ones. But I mean, let's face it, the the, the track record of 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 DC at the moment and Warner Brothers isn't great. And, you know, they are on a downward trend. I mean, it's it's frightening the amount of IP that they've had and really they just haven't produced. Yeah, I mean I think yeah. that it started to fall apart when they commissioned Man of Steel and then decided to build a cinematic universe around it. You know, um it fell apart from back then. You know, it was Nolan refusing to turn his trilogy into um, a cinematic universe because he made a Batman in a very specific world, which is sort of grounded in reality and didn't have superpowers. So is that again? You know, and, and I know I, I I harp on about this about the the way that the Nolan trilogy will age. But are we going to look at that as as a, um, a a position where because the decision was to make to ground it 
so starkly in reality and to try to then lead to this kind of everything must be grounded in reality even though it's about aliens and flying people and you know gods and blah 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 is that tonally where it all went wrong I mean, I don't think I've hidden this, but you know, I think it went wrong when you when you tried to get Snyder to helm it all. Yeah, um, but Snyder then tried to out grime the the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, because you've got to look at each thing right around where it comes in in its time. So just like we're talking about now, we're ready to deal with the mental health of superheroes. Batman was coming off of. Um, off of Batman and Robin and uh, Batman Forever, right? So you're coming off this super campy. In fact, it's probably interesting if you think if you go back to the '60s, sort of Batman, the popularity of that one, and then you think about where Tim Burton took it. You know, yeah. it had it had to be different. It had to be significantly different than than what was Joel Schumacher's toy commercials, and that's what we got. So, I mean, the earlier draft of Batman Begins was um, uh, Batman the Frightening, right? And it was just going to be basically a horror film uh, with Batman in it. And then the things that were knocking around, similar to what was what we got with the Batman, you know, like year one with Long Halloween, um, you had stories knocking around where, you know, it was just basically going to be Bruce Wayne. You'd barely see a costume. It was anything but what we've seen, anything but George Clooney, anything but Chris O'Donnell. You know, it was going in the opposite direction. Snyder didn't evolve that. I mean, really. The whole point of not continuing is saying, right, that's its own thing, done. That's the real world. Now we're going to do something else. It didn't happen. Um, and then we tried to build this cinematic universe. And I, and I really think that's where we keep falling down. Each film tries to build other things around it. Don't bother. Yeah, but it's also that everyone's kind of seems to have this whole kind of, wasn't that last version of this just campy and stupid mine's going to be real uh, i mean you know one of the big things that that you know very early on i fell out with the snyder verse man of steel was you know this this kind of like you know this this isn't your superman who wears his pants outside his uniform and and you know you, the, the red pants don't play in in you know the the 2010s that we're in now that's such a dated concept and you're kind of sitting there going with everything that's about this story if the bit that you bump into it like whoa where's reality in this from a kryptonian alien who's stronger than everyone and can fly and fly around to the world so fast he can turn back time and 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 is that his underwear is the wrong way around mm. i think that's that's you know i think you're missing the tone mm. of this and that's kind of part of of this is that kind of everything's like from the '66 out. You know, the the the, the Tim Burton version in '89 was, you know, we're well, yeah, but we're going to take this seriously. And then you kind of follow that through, and then you've got you know the yeah, but we're going to take this seriously, and yeah, but we're going to take this seriously. And everyone's so desperate to drown these things in reality that they lose their fantastic nature of it. And I think one of the things that I think we all resonated with Wonder Woman is it was, you know, larger than life and, mm -hmm. and was, was, you know, gleeful and joyous and big and fantastical and, and, you know, something 
completely out of tone with everything we've seen because it enabled the fun of things. And then you get into the weird follow-up with consent and stuff. Um, and but, the DC heroes in particular, you know, because the DC heroes are sort of more abstract concepts of heroes. Superman has all the powers, whatever mm. you can think of he's got, and he is just infinitely good. Shazam is just, you know, Captain Marvel Shazam is just good because he's good. You know, um, and the naivety they, of a child. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, a, a Wonder Woman is just pure honourable. There's no mm. question around why she's she's just pure honour, right? This these are kind of core concepts right through the DC comics, whereas the Marvel characters have always been a little bit. Um, uh, uh, God, I was going to say grey, and then I thought fucking. But they're the ones that were tethered with with real problems, you know. Yeah. So. You know, you never had any of the Marvel of the DC superheroes worrying about how they're going to pay the rent or whether they're going to flunk yeah. out of school like Spider Man did, or you know, having to battle. And, and you know, I know it kind of came in with Speedy and stuff like that, but battle, battle alcoholism and depression like, like Iron Man did, you know. So it is this weird kind of the they the 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 Marvel universe has kind of lightened some of that. And the DC universe seems to be trying to 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 make it tonally darker in all of that, and, and it's just this race to the bottom with them. It feels like at points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tr- I mean, that, uh, to get, I guess to get back to where we were, if if what Matt Reeves is trying to make is a real exploration of the psyche of Batman um, to understand that, you know, he is a bit fucked up. And that's a really interesting film. And it, I don't think that's just to get darker from the last time. I think it's just that's really interesting. That film needs to be made. You know, I think Joker was a really interesting film because it delved into that side of the Joker. Um I think if it is, yeah, you're right. If it is just, you know, let's make it grim and gritty for the sake of it without any payoff, without anything else out of it, then the studio is right to intervene. I mean, one thing I remember feeling about the Joker is I remember liking the film, but also thinking, I never really want to watch this again. <laughs> I, so B and I watched the Joker together. Yeah. And both walked out thinking it was brilliant, but both had very different ideas of what to do with it. Mm. Mm. Um, and B, I know you were you were desperate to watch it again, and I was kind of like, no, I've seen it now. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I still haven't watched it again. <laughs> but it was, Which I don't it think it's a bad brilliant. thing. It was, but it was brilliant for what it was, mm. and and you know that that slightly kind of weird, uneasy, you know, well that ended kind of feeling is one that I kind of was was okay with it being there it felt very familiar to like fight club for instance and the, mm. and a couple of other those and that kind of like whoosh, kind of heaviness to it mm. rather than you know can't wait to put that on again i could see why artistically it would be someone's favorite film i i struggle to find how storyline and film you know just as a kind of you know your 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 saturday afternoon go to it would be your favourite film. I mean, that's that's the line, isn't it? When when a director starts making a movie, they have to really decide whether they want to make a movie that's, 
you know, for the love of the art yeah. or something and, that's going to bring the box office bucks in. And this seems to be kind of where Warner Brothers are with with the Batman. So mm. um, this is uh, from We Got This Covered. So it's their verbiage, their wording on this. Um, but what they say is um, with various story, stories imitated, imitated, intimating that Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne will be explicitly depicted as suffering from mental health issues. And the tone is so relentlessly dour that some Warner Brothers execs are rumored to have concerns about the movie's mainstream appeal. And, and so that's kind of the thing is, you know, I think that's bollocks, man. I mean, Joker made all the fucking money, right? Once. Yeah, but it made the money. Yeah. Even with only one viewing from you, me and B. I mean, other people did go, but uh, you know, it wasn't just us three. I I guess my question is, how much? Yeah, there is a so you know, Endgame made its money in rewatches and rewatches and rewatches, right? By us alone, Mm. yes. Yeah. Whereas Joker, so a lot of people have said, you know, it's great, but not never again. And that was also, I don't know. It's interesting. Do you need rewatch value to make money? And I hope you don't. So say like um, uh, Bollywood films, right, are made entirely for for like rewatch value. They're not designed to have like twists that you genuinely go what at because you know they assume for the fifteenth time you're watching it, you you know the twist, and it's just about yeah you know being entertaining over and over and over again. And I don't really want this genre to head that way. I think Joker is just. It's something I didn't want to rewatch just because it was a it was a genuinely hard watch. It's not that it wasn't interesting; it was just it impacted me in that way. Um, and I think it, it, I don't know if it made the final edit of of our many many edits of last week's conversation, but I was saying actually because I watch all the nerd stuff that comes out, one of the metrics of if do I like it? Is it a good thing? Is it if I want to rewatch it? Um, and Joker's kind of the exception where I'm going, no, no, it's a great film, but no, I don't want to rewatch it at all. Yeah, mm. a great film, the one time that I watched it. Thank you very much. Mm. But I mean, it is, I mean, there are elements of, so I, again, you know, one of our our favourite podcasts, The Paul and Griff Show, um, mm. Griff is is a huge, huge, huge fan of Fight Club. And I've had this conversation with him many, many times of like, you know, I understand the love of the film, but Surely, it's it's only a film with two watches in it, similar to Sixth Sense. Yeah. No, I've watched you, Fight Club tons of times. I've watched it loads of times. I've read the book over and over again. And for me, that's you know, I, so that doesn't compute with me because I watched it once, and then you see the twist. So you go back and watch it again, so you kind of see how it all puts together. And then you know, does it hold up as a film when it's all predicated on this huge twist that you know? I think for me, I mean, it, it's very different things here. So I think for me, Fight Club, the twist is a, is an aspect of it, yes. So first watch is, oh, my God, that thing. And second watch is, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see where that thing plays out. And then third watch is ignoring that entirely. And it's actually me, you know, resonating with the themes of the film and actually enjoying the film regardless of the twist. I watched... Um, uh, uh, the Prestige a ton of times as well, mm, um, you know. And actually, Prestige is one of those ones that, that used to be on TV and stuff a lot randomly, and I would always drop whatever to watch it because they, yeah. 
Um, I think with the Joker, it isn't about... It's just that it was a tough watch. You know, it just made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. a good thing. I think Phil Tinnemann needs to make you feel things. Uh, um, it's just I don't really want to go and feel uncomfortable again. And that's the thing, you know, you have to be in the mood to watch it. It's It's not my go-to movie on a Friday night. I mean, the amount of times that, you know, if I can't find something on TV, I'll stick on Endgame, you know, and I'll yeah. continually watch yeah. it. I'm quite happy to do that. And even though I know exactly what's going to happen and I can, you know, literally tell you the words verbatim, I don't get that feeling from Joker. You know, I was so close to watching it last week and I thought, do I want to be, dis- you know, depressed as fuck again? And I came to the conclusion, no, I'll go to work for that. So I'll watch something else instead. No, and, and, and I think that's one of the big things. So I, so I think that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, the, the trailer we know for the Batman, we all kind of um, were, were taken aback and impressed with how the trailer was set up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a film that starts by showing you someone being what we assume is suffocated by, by packing tape, you know, you're, 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 you're off to a flyer, aren't you? I mean, you kind of know what you're buying into. Um, uh, and it is more psychological and it is, you know, so we, we kind of know all of that going in. So I suppose it's not a surprise that it's, uh, you know, it more tonally looks closer to seven than it does to, you know, Batman 89. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're interested in, isn't it? So I think it'll be, I mean, you know, we, we're not the audience to have this conversation because it has our money even before, mm-hmm. you know, even a year before it comes out, it has our money. We know it has our money. Um, you know, there's not one of us that's that's not going to watch the Batman because it might be a bit depressing. Um, you know, we might not watch Batman five or six times because it's a bit depressing. But that's a different thing. I guess I would rather have an interesting Batman film than a popcorn Batman film at this stage. You know, if I just wanted to watch a fun Batman film, I'd probably watch The Dark Knight. That I can watch over and over and over again. Um, but I hope this is something that makes me feel something. Yeah, and I guess the argument, the the counter argument to that is: is this bringing, is this going to bring kids into the Batman franchise? So you know, we've talked before about our Batman, mm. and and you know that can be the Adam West, or that can be the the the, the um, Michael Keaton, or it can be Christian Bale. Is there going to be a generation that has Robert Pattinson as their Batman because, you know, at 13 they watched, or younger, they watched this. I mean, only if they come out of it and then walk down Crime Alley with their parents and have an unfortunate... Um, Aren't there, like, 13 different Batman cartoons running at any given moment? You know... Probably, yeah, plus the the, the animated films and all the rest of it, and Jensen Ackles as Batman now, as well as Kevin Conroy and various others. And I guess the other point on this is um, see something you've said previously about kind of the multiverse style way that they're setting this up in the sense of this no longer is 
the only depiction of Batman and therefore the only version of this you're going to have. This is a Batman story. And then following this could be, you know, a, a young, lighthearted, brave and the bold style Batman. And, you know, off we go again. So I think that's, that's the, the, the interesting thing, isn't it? That they're kind of painting with a lot of colors. So speaking of our Batman, uh, there was a teaser from the Flash director of the the 1989 Batman logo um, on his Instagram, albeit covered in blood. Um, so this looks to be confirming that the Batman um, from Tim Burton's 1989 film is, in fact, coming back to um, the big screen. Exciting, isn't it? I it's the bit that gets me excited for this film, which for me says a lot about Ezra Miller and Flash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ezra Miller's a good actor. I think he I think Flash was unfortunate. I think again, because our experience with the Flash has been Justice League and the Snyder Cut and the Whedon Cut and the and all of that stuff. Um but just in I think stepping away from all that because just thinking about a Flashpoint movie that would include Michael Keaton as a Batman is quite cool. Mm. No, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, um, I don't know, in, 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 in the Whedon cut, is that a thing? The Whedon cut? Um, yeah, Justice League. Yeah, it the Flash was a bit of a joke, to be honest. Um, and but it, it was too comedic for, for my liking. The whole movie was a bit too comedic, comedic. At least in the Snyder Cut, it got back to where I think, well, for me personally, where I think definitely it wasn't comedic. Was. No, it was it was a bit dark. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I, I like my superheroes that way. Um, unless... We didn't have one really good flash moment, I thought, where he's having this freak out. Um, and then uh, Bruce just turns to him and says, oh, no, no, save one. Save one person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. Um, that was probably he... the best flash moment of the whole both cuts, I think. Yeah, and then followed up by him. Falling on to, yeah, to no. Wonder Woman and stuff. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did that... make films, man. Exactly. How did that get there? <laughs> mm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that works through. But, I mean, so far, I've liked their casting of Supergirl. Uh, we've talked about that. Having, um, having uh, Keaton turn up again, that's really cool. Uh, I remember when Ezra Miller was first cast, that was really exciting. I hope he doesn't feel the need to play Flash exactly how he's played it already. You know, that he will play it. The character he's developed. Well, <laughs> you know, with a director. You know, I feel like now you can, now it's focused on you. It's not just a little bit of time you have. And yeah, let's see where it goes. Very non committal today, isn't it? 
Yeah. That's what we need in today's <laughs> world. Um, so let's uh, let's do some recommendations for for what people can uh, enjoy uh, in between our shows. Um, B, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, sure. So my recommendation this week is uh, War of the Worlds, uh, not the original War of the Worlds or the Tom Cruise uh, film. Um, but I'm recommending War of the Worlds, which is currently available on Disney Plus via the Star Catalog. You want to call it? Made by Fox, anyway. Um, it's a modern take on HB uh, Wells' story, um, and it's I'm really getting into it. It's it's fascinating. It's really interesting. It's got a you know, it's acted really well. Um, so that's my recommendation this week. So is this the BBC version? No. Because they did one that was kind of based in history-ish. Kind of, I want to say Victorian times. I don't know if that was maybe World War One. the time when the film, the book was set. No. I mean, this... Yeah. This, this, this is the this, action this is. This this is produced by uh, Channel Plus. Is it Channel Plus or Chanel Plus or Channel Plus? Channel Plus. Um, so it's it's very much French orientated. Um, it's got a whole bunch of actors that I recognise, but don't actually know their names. Um, but um, it, it is it is good. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um, so basically, there's an asteroid. Um, I think it's an asteroid, but it t- and B, sorry, is it is it modern day? Yeah, modern day. Say modern day. Yes, absolutely. This is okay. So, uh, is it the one with Gabriel Byrne? Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. So, um, season one was made in 2019, and mm-hmm. season two, I believe, is dropping as we speak. Maybe not to Disney Plus just quite yet, um, but it is being shown on Fox. So it will be shortly coming to Disney Plus. Excellent. Um, T, what are you recommending this week? Uh, We watched uh, Raya and the Last Dragon this week. Um, Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. it's. I mean, okay. There, there were there were some issues with it being sort of Southeast Asian and, uh, and it being um, East Asian actors playing it, but that sort of little bit of casting issue aside, which I, I don't know, was overblown, I think. It was really well acted. It was really well animated. The visuals were beautiful. It's a great classic story, kind of, you know, uh, 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 post not apocalyptic, but you know, post post. Yeah, but yeah, you know. Slightly dystopian world where everything's come apart and they all kind of get back together. Um, it's a really fun story. Um, if you like um, uh, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I know your son's a big fan because he is, he is a a person of excellent taste. Um, <laughs> it's got it's got hints of that in the story. In in just the kind of this is a world after. Some shit's gone down, um, and it's kind of a mixture of, of kind of different Southeast Asian cultures uh, and things taken from there. Uh, it, it's it's really well done. It's a shame again that you know this didn't make it to cinemas, or or did it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't in the UK anyway. No, it, I, it, I don't think it did. Um, 
but it was a great experience. It was great fun. It's on for free now on Disney Plus. Yeah. It was on Premiere before. Um, recommend it to everyone, uh, in particular uh, Jay. I think your kids will love it. Yeah, it's it's one that I've been um, looking at for a while. And 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 T, I think we were talking about this um, a little while ago. It was kind of one of those that was on Disney. Premier Access, wasn't it? And, mm-hmm. and you yeah. kind of um and are about it, and and it turns out that the run on Premier Access isn't, isn't incredibly long. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was um uh, really interesting uh, to see. We, it pop we up, had so. absolutely planned to watch it on Premier, and we just never got around to it because we only you know get to watch films with the kids on the weekends and oh next weekend, next weekend, next weekend, and genuinely just sat down to thinking we would now pay for it. And it was on. It was, you know, it was it was on normal Disney Plus. Um, yeah. So, so we, this is our. This is the first uh, post John Lasseter uh, film. Um, so there's a bit of trepidation around that, but actually, you know, done really well. Fantastic film. Um, and just also, you know, the usual like positive messages. So we all need to trust each other and, and find hope and and all that stuff. Just just the messages you need in today's world. Just grateful. Yeah, good show. Also, anything about Aquafina, always a winner. And, I'm, and... I'm well excited for a thingy there for Shang Chi. Not that I wasn't, but even more so. Elements of the blimp in this, isn't it? Because everyone blimp. gets, yeah, blip, blip. So everyone gets turned to stone, don't they? Oh yes. Oh, the blip. Sorry. Yeah, the snap, the blip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Everything's endgame because <laughs> you're constantly watching it. <laughs> Just bring it back. Excellent. <laughs> um, so my recommendation is also a feel-good story about overcoming odds. Um, uh, I watched uh, a film we talked about a little while ago, and, and we all kind of talked about it, just passing us by. Um, the Predator is currently available on all four after uh, being on Channel 4 uh, last week. Um, this is the Shane Black 2018 film. Um, starts off, you know, straight away with predators and space battles and, you know, really kind of hot. Um, and is about evolution and um, uh, gene modification and, and hybridization and, and things like that, which is, you know, quite a, a weird kind of take and see how it all builds through. Um, and it, it's just interesting to kind of see the, the, the take on the story. And it's really quite interesting. Some of the points like, uh, again, you know, mental health is, is quite heavy in this. Uh, a lot of PTSD talk about a lot about, um, uh, sp- you know, specific conditions uh, to a point where one of the targets of the predators is the son of uh, the, the, the main hero. Um, uh because of his autism, um, he is recognised by the predator as the next advancement in human evolution, um, and therefore worthwhile of hybridisation, which is kind of an interesting kind of um, uh, framing of uh, autism um, and and you know the autistic spectrum. Um, so it's it, it's a really interesting. The best way I can I'm sum really it up. Confused by that. It's it's his ability to to understand his patterns, his his just you know that that more kind of um, uh, 
scientific almost way that his brain works compared right. to is this is the Hollywood sort of autism as a superpower thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's um, a little bit of kind of the the the, the uh, social issues with autism, but a lot about you know it means he's a, a maths genius and right. says greater yeah. patterns and you know stuff. Um, the best way I can describe it is it's it's Predator versus the A Team. Yeah, um, cool. In the way it sets up. Um, and I enjoyed it far more than I thought I was going to. Um, it's still not my favourite Predator film. Uh, no one says, get to the chopper. So I'm not in. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun little story. And especially whilst it's on free on all four, um, definitely worth spending, you know, 107 minutes with and uh, seeing how it, loads, how it goes. Plus Olivia Munn. And Olivia Munn. Is is mm-hmm. definitely worth a living man, mm-hmm. um, uh, and um, uh, also um, uh, Yvonne uh, Strazowski, who was in Chuck. Chuck. So yeah, and I mean, so uh, like a really weird kind of little nod that I really enjoyed was um, uh, one of the characters in this is uh, Sean Keyes who's the head stargazer scientist uh, and in the film is the son of Peter Keyes, who appeared in Predator 2. Um, and Peter Keyes in Predator 2 was played by Gary Busey and Sean Keyes is played by his real-life son, Jake Busey. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really interesting kind of... It all ties into to kind of the, the mythology that is previous, um, which is weird. Um, so, yeah, just yes. worth having a look and checking out, I think. Um, yeah. And that brings us to the end. Sorry, T, we were about to come in with something. No, no I was just going to say, it's, it's funny these franchises are continuing without much attention, you know. The Predator we've missed, but we caught it now. Yeah, the alien I mean, one this, that we missed. this one will be interesting to see because all of that's now under Disney. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Fox Studios. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of those. Predator and Alien are now in the Marvel comic universe so yeah we shall see we shall see how it all fits together i think um but yeah yeah so that brings us to the end um of this week's show so um uh continue to look after yourselves and each other's and we will come back and speak about something else about which other film we think is likely to be too dark but we're going to watch it anyway Mm -hmm. because we're 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 grown-ups like that um, and tell you all about it next week. So until then, um, bye-bye. See you, Space Cowboy. Cheerio.